First Corinthians chapter five. Just thinking uh, about the topic I want to share on today. I titled it "Find Your Real Life," and um, we'll start in First Corinthians chapter five. It says in verse fourteen. Actually, that would probably be Second Corinthians because there is no First Corinthians five fourteen. Let's try Second Corinthians. How about find your real scripture? Second Corinthians five fourteen. For the love of Christ, it says in verse fourteen, constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And the working translation translates out last verse as, Wherefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's how it's translated. <laughs> this truth of the new creation is talked about in various ways in the, in the New Testament. Um, it's called a new creation. It's called newness of life. Another place it's talked about. It's called the one new man of Ephesians. One new man, Ephesians. We're, we're called descendants of the second Adam or the second man, um, who is Jesus Christ. And Romans calls us reckoning ourselves dead to sin but alive unto God. So there are a lot of ways that God talks about this new creation that we have in Christ Jesus. Um basic point being you are not the same as you used to be and the injunction here is not live the way that you now are and not the way that you used to be uh, unfortunately we have too many models and examples of people living the way they used to be which is the world basically and so that tends to sometimes taint our thinking but it's the word of God that shows us the way we're supposed to live as Christ-centered people, those who are of a new race of people, if you will. I mean, Jesus Christ is called the second man. Who was the first man? Adam. And there was a lineage after him. And Jesus Christ is literally called the second man, the Lord from heaven. The start of a new creation that God set up. And that's how we're to live. In Jeremiah 9, I just wanted to read to you something out of Jeremiah. See, we're not to have confidence and trust in the things that everybody else tends to have confidence and trust in. Jeremiah 9, verse you guys all know, sure. In verse 23, it says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, 
Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. You know, here we're talking about things that essentially the, the world lives for. I mean, this is what everybody glories in, right? How smart you are, how capable you are, how rich you are, how much power you have, how much authority you have, all those things. And those things tend to be things that many people spend most of their lives seeking after, Christians included. Those become the most important things in life, you know, wisdom, riches, glory, and, and these things. And yet, and this is the Old Testament. Now, we just looked at verses in the New Testament about a new creation, this is still Old Testament, yet even the Old Testament, God says in verse 24, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercised loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So instead of, you know, and again, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't say in here, and neither does anywhere that I'm aware of, that wisdom is a bad thing, that riches are a bad thing, that power and authority is a bad thing. Does it, does it say that? No. Those are all necessary things in life. You need money to live. You need wisdom to wear gloves on minus 25 days. <laughs> you know, you need wisdom. You know, you need, you need authority. You need, these things are all necessary. God doesn't say any of those are bad. God just says, don't glory in that. Don't spend your whole life thinking about those things and glory and how much you have and don't have, the authority you have and all that stuff, yet glory in this, that you know me. Man, what, what could be better than knowing the creator of the heavens and the earth? And now with what Christ has done for us, Christ is greater than all the earth's wisdom. Christ is greater than all the earth's riches and Christ is certainly greater than all the world's authority, isn't he? Yeah, I don't have to even say that, but that's the truth. And that's what God says we should glory. We glory in that, in knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 6. And those things that mentioned in Jeremiah is equivalent to scriptures in the New Testament. covers all those things, as I'm sure you're aware. Galatians 6. large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here again, same general truth in Isaiah. These people wanting to glory in the fleshly things of life and five senses things. And Paul writes by revelation, God forbid that I should ever do that. But glory in the, our Lord, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. And I unto 
the world. You know, as a believer, when you're born again with Christ in you, it says here, the world is dead to you and you are dead to the world. Both ways. The world is not to hold all kinds of amazing, you know, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Marvels or whatever and uh, attractions and desires and things that the world is not to hold any of that for us. The world is dead to us. It's meant to be dead to us. And we dead to the world because they look at your life and the things you do, they go, oh, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Why do you live that way? You know, those aren't, why aren't you doing this? Do we really care? And here Paul writes, I'm dead to the world and the dead world is dead to me. Verse 6, 6, 15, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. From henceforth, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Right. The, the the marks of a bonded slave to Christ and as a bonded slave to Christ, dead to the world and the world dead to him. You know, and you know, I, I look at my life and I think some days, is the world dead to me? And am I dead to the world? Is that how I live my life? Is it is do I represent Christ or do I just represent the things of the world that everybody else is representing? Do I seek him? And all that he's done for me, or am I just seeking all the things that everybody else is seeking all the time? What is it? You know, and only we in our own lives know the truth of it. You know, that doesn't mean you don't work, you don't have authority, you don't have all wealth or money. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean any of that. What am I glorying in? What is it that makes? What is it important to me? If I spend more time in my life seeking the things of the world than knowing Him, I might be off balance. But only I know that for my life. Only you know, you know that for your life. What is it you need to do to understand all that you have in Christ Jesus that is a part of the new creation that you now have? What is it you need to, need to do? And I guarantee you that it's not just, well, someday the understanding is just going to come. Right? I mean, we all, we all, many of us love athletics and watch can you imagine a guy who is a famous soccer player, hockey player, baseball, whatever sport you like, saying, well, you know, I'm going to go play again tomorrow. I'm, hopefully I'll be better tomorrow and not going to do anything till then, but I'm just going to play again and see what happens. No. These guys, and we're watching these ads for the World Juniors, you know, that ad there, the guys like, we're not like other teenagers, you know. And they show a kid eating pizza and, you know, partying and, he goes, we eat gym, ice, gym, eat gym. And that's the way, that's what, that's, and that's what they got to do to play the best hockey or close to it in the case of the outer centers, <laughs> you know, to play the best hockey that they can play. So if we spend so much time or people spend so much time in seeking the things of the world and they recognize that it takes a lot of effort, right, to be the best at something. Do you and I want to be the best at walking for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is that something we really, really want to do? Is that something we desire in our heart? And I guarantee you, if, if it's the desire in your heart is there, the corresponding actions will follow. If it's not, they never will. 
It will just be church on Sunday, church on Sunday, and church on Sunday for the rest of your life. And only I can control it. Only you can control that for your life. Do I want to walk in the authority that I have in Christ Jesus in this life to bring deliverance to people, to bring the truth to people, or do I just want to get by? Do I want to be sitting on the bench? Do I want to just be a water guy? Right? Nothing wrong with being a water boy, but you know. You know what I'm saying? It takes time and effort, and we recognize that in the things of the world. But when it comes to the things of God, sometimes people we just think, well, it, it'll just happen someday. And all of a sudden, I'll just know God's word, and I'll understand all these truths. Dead wrong. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 3, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might have also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law and the law blameless. You know, all these things that Paul lists here, you know, and you can be very, very much uh, tempted to trust in the abilities and things that you have learned in your life and totally go on those. Well, I'm so smart in this. I'm very good in this area. I've really learned a lot in this area. And there is nothing wrong with learning those things or understanding. We ought to be, you know, we're talking about that business those guys started in the United States. You know, they were talking Christian business, you know. If it's Christian, it ought to be better was their motto, right? Christian, it ought to be better. Yes, you ought to be the best at everything you do. But you got to look at why you're doing it. What is it you glory in? Do I glory in my ability to run a business or to do this or whatever? Or do I glory in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he did for me? Is that where I glory? Is that where my real life lies? You will only find your real life in Christ. That is where your and my real life is. It is nowhere else. And you can spend an eternity seeking everywhere else and working to do things everywhere else. You'll never find it until you look at Christ and who he is and what God has done in him. That is where you are in my real life resides. Verse eight, 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. You know, and those were great gains that Paul had. He didn't say they were useless. He said when it compares to Christ, they're not very important. Yea, doubtless, I count them all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of, the, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung or refuse that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained. Even Paul said, you know, hadn't yet understood fully. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He really wanted to understand what it was that Christ had done for him. So I want to understand what Christ understands about me. I really want to understand that. And he was following after that. 
in his life. Probably a good goal for us. Brethren, verse 13, I count not myself to have apprehended. It's that I haven't fully understood. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see where he had his eyes set? That's where Paul had his eyes set. The prize of the high calling. of Is that where I have my eyes set? Is that what I do in my daily life? Is that what I count to be more important to me than anything else in my life? Verse 15. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. See, he's encouraging us to think the same way. And by the way, if in any other thing you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. And do you think God is silly that he doesn't understand that we've got to live life, we've got to have a job, we get married, we have children, or, or whatever, whatever we choose to do, and there are things that we have to do every day in life. you think God doesn't understand that? I think he does. I think he made man. I understand. So God says here, look, if you want, if you're caught up in all those things first and you glory in all those things, you're, you're out of balance. But if you're caught up in knowing Christ and the prize, the high calling, and yeah, those things do come up, but you're focusing on this, don't worry. I'm going to help you understand and take care of those things as well. That's right in line with Matthew 6, right? Seek ye first and all these things shall be added. Same, same truth said in the New Testament in, in, to us. And you put your mind there and I'll take care of the rest. And boy, it's so hard for us to put our mind there and not to be so consumed in these things all the time because we are so capable at handling these things. But that's what we think because we have all this learning. Pharisee the Pharisees. You know, I, I got two degrees. I got 13 this. I learned this. I'm really good at this. You should see how I handle this. How about the prize, the high calling? How do you handle that in your life every day? Is that important to you or is it? I'm talking to myself, I'm not shouting at you guys, I'm shouting to myself. <laughs> but you know, it ends up some days, you go to bed and go, you know, that wasn't really a prize, the high calling day today. It was more of trying to do the things myself and wasn't so good. And some days you go to bed, well, that was really, you know, I did my best. And in more of those days we can have, the better 2018 will be for all of us. Um, how far was it really? Colossians, we'll close in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And I love the way John the Baptist put it when he was talking. We talk about this verse often in fellowship, but the way he said it was that Christ must increase and I must decrease. And that was the way, not the way I like to think of it, you know, dead, dead to self, where when where you are, you are you represent Christ. You know, I don't want people to know. Oh, you know, it's so and so, and he did this and did that. It doesn't really matter. But how do we represent Christ wherever we are? Dead to the world, and Christ in our lives must increase, and we and our personal desires and all the other things that we are caught up in and consumed by must decrease for the sake of Christ. And that's got to be our life. That's what the New Testament calls us to. Anyway, and it's not knowing, what is it they used to say, you know, uh, uh, what would Jesus do kind of thing? Because we just read that we, we know no man after the flesh. And it said we don't even know Christ 
after the flesh. So it's a whole lot bigger than what would Jesus do. You know, what would Jesus do? He would trust God. He would walk with God. That's what he would do. And for us to trust God and walk with him today is not to, what would Jesus do, but what has he done? And how does that apply to us today? It is uh, so much bigger than what would Jesus do. Um, Colossians 3, verse 1. If you then be risen, or since you be risen with Christ, because there is absolutely no doubt, since you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above. Affection, the thing you think about, the thing you treasure, that's constantly in, on your mind, that you hold in your heart. And God says here to set it on, on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead. Now we just read it many different ways it said, right? Paul said, the world crucified unto me and I unto the world. Dead, dead to the world. For you are dead, and your life, this is your real life, is hid with Christ in God. That is where our real life is. It's hid with Christ in God, and when Christ, who is our life, there it is again, he's our life now, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. What a great mind picture for us to think about in seeking Christ and the things that Jesus Christ has done for us. The work that we do in this administration, and let's never forget it, is to understand and accept what he has already done. The first command in Romans to the believer is reckon yourselves to be dead. Reckon is a mind thing. Think he up here. Reasonably logic it out that you're dead but alive unto God. That's the first command. It's not for you to do this, this, it's to rec understand what Christ has done. That's the first imperative in the New Testament to us. Um, you want to know your real identity? Look at Christ in the church epistles, not in the gospels. Look at Christ in the church epistles and get those verses right up here. A quick recall. Want to know where you're going in the future? Look at Christ in the epistles. Because where he is spiritually, that's where we're going. That's where we're going to be. To understand that, we look at the epistles. It is where Christ is, where power resides. It says in Ephesians, you know, that God wrought the power in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You want to have power in your life? It is in Christ. You want to have peace in your life? It is in Christ. You want to have healing? It is in Christ. Everything is consummated by God's design and plan in the gloriously living Christ. And if I want to, if you want to enjoy and be, enjoy the blessings of that, that is where our real life resides, and that is where we ought to focus our attention. Christ. Um, God bless.